For how many of you did the Lord Jesus overcome some major things in your life to bring you here in this place this morning? He overcame. He overcame the grave. He overcame the cross. But because he's the overcomer, he, he enables us to overcome. Now, some of you maybe walked in this morning and things haven't turned out this last week the way that you would hope that they would have turned out. For some of you, you may be right in the middle of something and you just don't know how long it's going to last, where it's going to end. For some of you, there may have been some things said to you or said about you that you have no way to defend yourself against. Whatever your category may be this morning, whatever you're feeling in your heart, that makes you heavy this morning. Hear his word to your spirit. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. You don't have to tell me. You don't have to inform me. You don't have to give me all of the details. I know more detail about what's going on here in your life than you do, he would say. So trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Last week we spent some time on the category of trust that we called when the powerful think they own you, trust me instead. When the powerful think they own you, trust me instead. We'll shift that a bit this morning because it may not be a person that can want you to be convinced that you were owned by that person, that they need to tell you what to think, tell you what to feel, tell you how to behave, tell you what to prefer, tell you what to despise. But it may be a system it may be a system. Trust me when there was a system that acts as if it owns you. Now, there can be secular systems, but there can also be spiritual, religious, church systems. A system is not necessarily a bad thing. Thank goodness we have bodily systems. Here in a few minutes, we're going to go out and pull in somewhere, maybe and go in and order something to eat and, because we're hungry. And the food that we take in will be transferred into or eventually turned into energy, and that gives us the abilities to do things. Systems are not necessarily bad things. But systems can become controlling, prison-like things. I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of John and John chapter 3. At Alamo City, it, it is not unusual at all for us to have folks come to be a part of our worship services or maybe um, become more involved in the, the ministries of the church and 
they, they come here from a place of having been hurt, bruised by a system. It may be a denominational system, a church organization kind of a system. It may be that they were a part of a type of ministry where there was maybe one leader, maybe a prophet or someone who calls himself or herself an apostle. And the gist of that is that as long as you agree that the prophet is speaking for the Lord, or as long as you agree that the apostle has authority to tell you how to live your life, basically, you get along fine. But when something happens within you as an individual that would cause you to question those who would be trying to exercise that authority over the group, you, you raise up a hand or a question or there's something going off in you that's just a red flag but you're not really a, as knowledgeable in the word as maybe they are in the word you're kind of a new Christian and are trying to find your way back and and you raise a question and then all of a sudden it can just feel like the you know the the, the fury of hell is just coming at you you're called this or you're called that because you no longer honor the authority of the prophet or you no longer are respecting this person who has determined that she is an apostle. And you find yourself in a, in a place of, of, um, of just almost saying, okay, well, if this is, if this is you, Jesus, then, then I don't know that I even know you or even really want to know you. Or if, if this is the church, if this is how the church is supposed to be, then I, I just don't think I want to do church anymore. Because... You bucked the system. Now, I want to say something to you. This is just from a shepherd's heart, a pastor's heart. I, just, it, it, that, those kinds of things, they do two things to me. They make me real sad, and then they make me real, <laughs> real mad. I, I want to go and grab the self-proclaimed prophet and say, and you say, you are not God. You don't know everything. Have you ever been 100% of all your predictions correct? Well, if you have missed just one, then you're not perfect. So just shut up and quit bruising the sheep. And some of you call yourself a, an apostle and call yourself this and call yourself the other thing, and yet you, you, you just are trying to, trying to lord it over the flock. There's specific instruction in Scripture to not lord it over the flock. You know, quit that. Cut that out. So I get mad about it and... And, you know, I do. I'm just, that's the human part of me. Because I don't like to see people beaten up. I don't like to see the sheep bruised. And, but then also the, the sad rises. And I want to say to those of you who may have come through something like that, and, and you can get your heart crushed worse in some ways in a spiritual setting, even in a so-called Christian setting, than you can in the secular world. Because you're not expecting to have to protect yourself from other believers, and so you're just open to whatever they would say, and you want to learn, you want to be better. If I don't want to say to you, the, the, Lord, the Lord knows how to heal broken hearts. The Lord knows how to heal broken hearts. Let me tell you, don't mix the face of Jesus up with the face of some prophet or some so-called apostle. Don't get them confused, because they're not the same. 
Don't even get, get the, the church, the true church, confused with some small group, some, some little entity that just wants you to feel like you can't even breathe unless you get permission from them, that you can't dare do this unless they, the high powers and authorities sign off on that thing. Baloney. Baloney. And I don't care who it is. It's ridiculous. The Lord has not called us to bondage. He has called us to freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The Lord Jesus is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I'm just telling you, He's called you to freedom. He's called you to freedom. He's called you to joy. He's called you to life. He, you're not an orphan. You're an adopted, we all are, adopted member of the family of God. And He, he said, I will give you a teacher. The Holy Spirit will be your, te be your teacher. You're not going to be having to go and check in with this Dr. Highbolted and this one who can quote all the scripture and this one who thinks she knows everything or he's got all the answers. I will be your teacher. I will send my Holy Spirit and he'll teach you. So what that means is, folks, when something flares in your spirit, something goes off and you're under one of these systems, these spiritual systems, and something flares, you're not crazy. You may just be registering the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart and in your life that there's something not right here or there's something better for you or another place that you're supposed to be than just locked into a system. When the system acts as if it owns you, the Lord would say, trust me instead. I'm not a system. I'm not a system. I'm not a set of rules. I'm not a set of opinions. I'm not a set of, 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 of bylaws. I'm a person with a real heart who knows you and loves you. And I've called you unto me not to be a part of a system, but I've called you to me. That's why he said again and again, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Do you hear him saying that? He says, trust me. But then he also says, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now that may not, you know, that may not say one thing to some of you. What I just said for the last five minutes, that may not mean a thing to some of you. But there is at least one person in this room, and I don't know who they may be, but there are probably many more that that was specifically for. You've questioned God. You've questioned, is there a real Jesus who loves me? Because some religious church within the church system broke your heart. Well, bless you that you even showed back up in a church today if that happened. And he loves you. And he cares about you and your broken heart matters to him and you give him a chance just dare to give him one more chance and he will heal you and he will free you and he'll put joy in your life like you never had before the problem with systems is everything's fine until you buck the system it's like powerful people no issue with powerful people until you disagree with them. Now watch this in John chapter 3, if you would. 
Jesus is speaking to a system guy, Nicodemus, known as one of the rulers of the Jews. He sat on, on the ruling council called the Sanhedrin, and they would hear cases, and they would lecture each other, and they would pass out decisions and render judgments. But this man was fascinated with this, this young rabbi named Jesus. He, he wouldn't come to him in broad daylight. He came to him for a private meeting after dark. Wasn't sure he even wanted to be seen with Jesus. In their course of the conversation, Jesus says in verse 3, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again, meaning born from above. Born from above. And then skip down to verse 5. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, physical birth, and the spirit, physical, spiritual birth, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. In other words, just to be born one time physically is not enough. Everybody gets that naturally, but to know what it is to enter into the kingdom of God, to know God, to know the Lord, there has to be a second birth, being born again, born from above. But then notice, notice what he says in verse 8. Now look at this carefully. If you've ever been bruised by a system, if you've ever found yourself at odds with a system, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, Jesus says but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Systems are created for predictability. They are created to ensure order. If you follow the order, there may be certain privileges and, and opportunities and good things that will come your way. But notice what Jesus says, not about some who are born again, but everyone who is born again, these couple of characteristics about your life. It's just like the wind. You hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it's going, come from, and you don't know where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit unpredictability, spontaneity. The, the full dose of living Jesus setting you free, saturating with the focus, specific love of God for your soul will result in you being carried along by a force that is not you and is beyond your control and is outside of our realm of understanding. And then where we are taken is known only to the God who sends us and who is carrying us. 
So is everyone. There is a mark of unpredictability about you that God is, has destined you to know and walk in. And there's a dimension of spontaneity that we can't predict. We don't know. Do you see how Jesus just saying that to this system man who had everything boxed and everything ordered and the days of the year all marked out and all, all calendared up? And he's saying, look, here's what you need to know. Number one, you must be born again if you're ever going to really know God. Know his life coming into you. It's not enough just to have blood pumping through your body. It's the Spirit of God coming into you, Nicodemus. And here's what will happen when that happens. You will find yourself being born along like a leaf or like a paper cup on the side of the street, being blown along by the wind, a force greater than you, and you don't even know where you're going as the leaf of the paper cup. And Jesus said, folks, I don't think you heard that. I want... He's saying there's just going to be a mark in the life of every child of God that will gravitate toward the unpredictable and will move toward the spontaneous. There will be systems in order, yes, bodily functions and so forth, but there will be a part of you that can't be controlled that can't be predicted, predicted, that can't be contained. Somebody say amen, please. Somebody say amen. So, so when these things come up in you, these thoughts like, well, what's that about? Or why are we still doing that? Or what does that mean? Or who are you? Instead of trying to fight that stuff back, maybe that's just an evidence of the life of the Spirit of God working inside you to keep your life from being boring and dull. Amen and amen and amen. To which Jesus would say, I am not a system. I'm not a stack of rules. You can't put me in sheetrock and confine me to architecture. I am a person I walk, I breathe, I move, I know, I speak, and I care about you. So come on and go with me. Flow with me. Move with me. Let me take you where you could never go by yourself. Mm. Now this is before John 3:16. How come we miss this and we go straight to John 3.16? Which is a wonderful, powerful essence of the gospel verse. For God so loved the world, Jesus speaking, that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but would have everlasting life. But he could also say, but by the way, let me remind you of what will happen to you if you embrace me as your Savior and Lord, that you will be in some dimensions of your life like a leaf in the wind. It's the power of the wind 
that gives the unusual characteristics of a leaf not on a tree and not on the ground, but being blown by the power of the wind. And it's the knowledge of the one driving the wind alone that knows where that leaf's going to land up. So is everyone. So is everyone. So is everyone who is truly born of the Spirit. Well, turn over to a few chapters over. These are some of the last words that Jesus would speak. John chapter 14, verse 30. He's going to the cross. He's going to die as a result of the ministry, the life that he represented. But because he came in opposition to the system, the religious system, the power-broking spiritual religious system of the day. Verse 30, I will not speak much more with you, he says to his disciples. For the ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in me but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. I want you to go back to that word world in verse 30, and then it will appear again in verse 31. World, cosmos is the Greek word. That word comes from the word cosmeo, the Greek verb cosmeo. And here's what it means. To order, to arrange, to adorn. You could accurately insert this synonym for the word world, and here's the synonym. System. System. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of the system is coming, and he has nothing in me, but that the system may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, even so I do. Folks, here's, here's what the system doesn't understand. The system is all about performance. The system is all about behavior. The system can be about information and production. But what the this system doesn't understand is the power of the affections of the heart. Jesus was saying, that, and he was speaking in reference to a system that had all the rules of God down. They, they, could, they could repeat the whole, book of the whole books of the Bible, the Old Testament, from memory. They had it down. But they had no relationship with the heart of God. So here comes Jesus, an expression of, the heart of God, glorying and delighting in the love of his Father for him. 
And so he's saying to the system, devoid of heart, all about mind and all about performance and all about production and all about behavior. I want the system to watch me love the Father. They talk about him, they act as if they know him, but I'm doing what I'm doing. Not out of ought to, not because I'm afraid not to, I'm doing what I'm doing because I love the Father. Folks, listen. Here is where a system can't own you. Here is where you will forever live free of the bondage of the opinions of people and the pressures of systems and the threats of results or the retaining or the addition of negative results. It's when you allow the Spirit of God to fill you up with the love of God for your soul. When you know that you are loved, when you know that you were picked out and chosen because you were wanted, even before you were born, even before your mother knew she was pregnant, even before your grandmother's 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 grandmother knew she was pregnant, that he picked you out and chose you in Christ before the foundation of the world. Why? Because he saw a treasure in you. Because he saw something worth investing in, in you. And it wouldn't matter who said whatever they said about you as time went on. The fact still stands you are loved by your father. Nothing will change that. Nobody can change that. No system vacating you or punishing you can change that. Now, when you know that, you can step into a company You can step into an organization. You can come in and out of spiritual connections without a bruise, but with a sense of confidence in your heart that God has you and he's loving you. And your heart is to love him back. Go go in reverse real quick to the book of Daniel. To the book of Daniel where we were last week. Daniel chapter 3, verse 15 again. Nebuchadnezzar threatening. Daniel 3, 15. Now if you were ready... At the moment you hear the sound of the horn, flute, tire, lyre, trigon, all the band, fall down and worship the image that I've made. Very well. But if you will not worship, you will immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hand? System talking powerful person talking. You do what I say or what God is there who can rescue you out of my omnipotent hand. I hold your chain 
I put the hook in your nose. What God is there who can deliver you out of my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this matter. Why, parenthesis, because we've already made up our mind. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even... If he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. What the system doesn't understand, what powerful people who try to rule over you don't understand, is that somebody already owns your heart. It, it is the power, it is the power of love. It is not the power of fear. All Nebuchadnezzar had was fear. But what was working in the hearts of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was a love for their God, a desire to honor their God even while they knew it meant dishonoring the system. Folks, these days, they don't necessarily come all the time. You, you may live, work, and die in a secular system that has been a great blessing to you and your family, and the retirement has been good, and the security and insurance, all the benefits we get. They may never be that for you. But there are several, there are many, I would say, over the years at Alamo City, where the CEO's name wasn't Neb, but he had an attitude. And the culture of the business was you bow and scrape and you do what the powers that be say you have to do. We will tell you what to believe. We will tell you how to express what you believe. We will tell you how not to express other things that you may believe. You do what we tell you to do. You think like we tell you to think or we will see to it that you are ruined. Well, the answer has been the same, though the setting and the wrapper was different through the years for many, many, many businessmen and businesswomen where whole families would be affected. I can't. And more than that, sir, I won't. What other folks do, that's their business. But I can't and I won't. Whether spoken publicly or just spoken within the heart of the individual believer, my God is able to rescue me from your grip 
to change your attitude toward me, to cause others to rise up and tell you to not move forward with your threats. My God is able. But just know this, sir. I cannot and I will not bow down to your idol and dishonor my God. No. Here's who I want to say this to you. One of the most awesome days of your life is a season like that in your life where you had to step up and look squarely in the eye what is your hill to die on. It's no longer theory. It's reality. And whether or not he keeps you in that job, whether he delivers you through the fiery furnace or not, here's what's happened to you. The power of God's living presence inside you, keeping you free instead of becoming just one more slave of a powerful person's opinion. If you leave the job, you leave free. If you leave, the, if you die on the fiery furnace, you die free. And in the process, you have honored him. You have honored him. Oh, listen, folks. There was another whole stage in maturing as a follower of Jesus. The disciples saw bread multiplied and fish multiplied and thousands fed in miraculous ways. They saw storms calm. They saw Jesus walk on the water and Peter go out to meet him. Phenomenal things, miraculous things. But do you know what also happened with those men? It is believed that every one of them, every one of the remaining 11, minus Judas, with exception perhaps of John the Beloved, Every one of them died a martyr's death. Paul, some consider him the replacement for Judas, the 12th apostle, beheaded. John, it was rumored, legend has it, that he was crucified upside down didn't believe he was worthy to die in the same manner that his Savior had died. Now understand how I say this. The day of personal miracles ceased for those men. They saw miracles. They performed miracles in the name of the Lord. They, they walked through all kinds of amazing interventions and breakthroughs. Peter the angel came, woke him up. He was to be executed the next day. You remember that story? Wake up. 
Put your clothes on. Shackles fell off. Gates opened. Guards stayed asleep. All the way to the main gate into the city opened up and the angel disappeared. Simon Peter finds his way to the gathered praying saints. But that day came to an end. As those men were facing what would turn out to be certain death for them, physical death. We don't have any record of them crying out, oh God, rescue, oh God, deliver, oh God, bring a breakthrough, oh God, be the, be the God of the breakthrough here. What we hear is, and what we get from them, the Apostle Paul put it, whether by life, or by death, Christ may be exalted in my body. Honor yourself, Lord, with my life. Living or dying, rescued or not, if it be so, O King, he is able, but we still will not bow down because we choose to honor our God. Listen, every day you go to work, every day you go to work, you make the choice to honor him. These seasons of of great battles and great conflicts and great victories, they come once in a blue moon. But every day, every day, every day, we wake up and we make a choice to honor the Lord or to live for ourselves or try to have our hands out to the powerful. Every day. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That carries with it the idea of a journey. We're taking a step. We're taking a step through this day and through tomorrow night and through this week. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Check in with him. Seek to honor him. Seek to honor him. Seek to honor him. And he will direct your path because you've honored him because you sought to please him yes we have the right when we've sought to please him and trouble comes and and shortages come to pray lord here i am would you help me lord would you deliver from sickness would you stop this cancer Would you provide this employment? Would you keep that opposition from having its way? Yes, we have the right to pray all of those things. We're a a son, we're a daughter of the king, Abba. But if not, it's the but if not believers that end well. The ones that have always tied the heavenly father to a specific result. That's how they know he loves them. That's how they know they love him. He loves them. They love But because I keep getting these things, what happens when the day of miracles, in that sense, ceases? The apostle Paul saw people raised from the dead. But we don't hear him praying, God, if he kills me, if he cuts my head off, reattach my head, and give me a little more life. 
I trust you, Lord. I trust you. And I want my life to honor you. My brother, my sister, you will make a mark in your company. You will make a mark in your family. You will make a mark in circles of relationships of all different types around you. If you wake up and start the day and throughout the day, Lord, honor yourself with my life. And and his spirit, his spirit will be taking you into places and into relationships and leading you to pray for things that if you hadn't been aware that 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 was okay to do, that that went with the property, you know, when I got born again, I can expect that there'll be some spontaneity here. If you didn't realize it, didn't know that, you might think, what am I, why am I even wanting to look at that? I don't even know that person. I don't even know that person. Why, Why would I say that? Why would I offer that? The wind of the breath of God blowing upon your life and blowing upon your heart, giving you eyes to see and things to feel to a lost and perishing and dying world. And you go carrying fresh baked bread and you go carrying a jug of living water and you go with joy on your face and love in your heart. Amen. That's you. That's me. So when... When the system thinks it owns me, the Lord says, you trust me instead. I tell you, I just love those verses where David would say, in thy presence, O Lord, is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Do you get it? Those are emotional words. Is joy a head word or is it a heart word? Let me just think joy. Let me just think joy. Let me think some more joy. You can think it all day, but you don't have it until you feel it. In thy presence, O Lord, is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Peter's preaching. The crowd gathers. After the man came up to them at the temple, Peter and John said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I, I'll give it to you. And in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The man who evidently was a household commodity, everybody knew him who came to the temple. He was celebrating, healed, well, shouting with joy. The crowd gathers Peter tries to say it wasn't us, but it's the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He was crucified, but God raised him up again, and it's been the power of that name. And then then he begins to say, repent, and then he says this, so that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence do you know whether you're refreshed? I opened that door this morning, stepped out there in the backyard, headed towards your car, and there was a 40-degree temperature waiting for you when you opened that door. Did you know the temperature had changed? Was there something refreshing about the cool instead of the hot and humidity? All this business, oh, you can know God, but you never feel him. You just know God is just a fact. Know God in your, no, no, no. 
We didn't need the Holy Spirit to be sent if all it was that God wanted us to know him in line items of information. The fruit of the Spirit is a list of personal emotions. Not that God feels necessarily, though they are all his, but that we feel. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. When that's working in a child of God's heart and the love of God is working in that heart, then it doesn't matter what the system offers or the system threatens. Your heart belongs to another. And you're free. And you're free. They can come at you with all the attaboys, all the things that you might want to do, but there's an attachment to it. There's a condition. You know there is if they phrase it in that way. But, but again, listen, old Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach, and go, they did real well in a pagan government. They just did real well. They were elevated and made rulers. And they weren't neighborhood boys. They were exiles. God saw he could trust them. God gave them what they needed. And God elevated them to places of prominence all the days of their lives in a foreign land, in a pagan culture. If he did it for them, he can do that for you. I just think, remember, I'm at, that, I'm at leaf. I'm at old oak leaf. We don't have many live oak leaves falling this time of year. We, we got leaves. We got paper cups. And the wind blowing. And I believe Jesus would say that to us with a smile on his face. I'm not trying to tell you like an empty paper cup. I'm not telling you like you're leaving. But I'm just saying, you, when you see that, you watch. That's what I will do in ways and in seasons with your life. Carrying you by a force that is not native to you. And taken you to a place that you don't know or places that you don't know and have never been. With a wink in his eye and a smile on those great lips, he said, trust me, trust me, trust me. So if all hell has broken loose on you, things have come apart, dissolution instead of construction has taken place. None of that surprises the lover of your soul. He's still saying, trust me. Trust me. I got it. Trust me. Paul put it another way. Finish. And we know, we know that God causes, God causes all things to work together for good, for that which is excellent, 
for that which is useful, for that which is practical, for that which is profitable, for that which is beautiful. It causes all things to work together for good to those who love him and to those who are called according to his purpose. He doesn't say it's an instant thing, but he says that's how your life will end up. That's where your life is going, to the good, to the glory of God. Amen.